This is the MDRT Podcast. With a volatile market and many people forced to work from home, the world has been dealt an extreme hand. What are advisors doing to connect with clients to make sure their messages are heard? During a Zoom call on March 26th, MDRT members... David Appel in Newton, Massachusetts. Julianne Hertel from Worcester, Massachusetts. Dick Dobson from Cedar Falls, Iowa. Shared how they have worked to reassure their clients. This is obviously new for all of us within the last couple of weeks, but I just successfully did something yesterday that I'm already seeing benefits of. We've all gotten a lot of blast COVID-19 emails over the last two weeks, and I designed two different emails, one to my client base and one to my centers of influence advisor base. Very basic, not getting into too micro details, but keeping it kind of macro, but allowing these people to see that, okay, we're still in business, we're here, 95% of my business is life insurance. So my biggest obstacle that I knew immediately was the exam process. I can control things electronically. I can control things with DocuSign. I can control e-applications and things of that nature. I can't control a third-party exam. I can't control a nurse going to someone's house and draw blood and take urine. And the client saying to me, you know what? I'm not really comfortable with a nurse coming to my house right now, which I can't blame them. So we've done a lot of research. These things are changing daily. But I put an email out saying, hey, this might be the time that if you're thinking about some additional life insurance coverage or additional things, we can get up to $3 million of life insurance right now with a fluidless exam, no urine, no blood, no exam, and with some paperwork. And depending on the carrier, they might require a physical in the last 18 months that you had a full physical. So with that one email that went out yesterday afternoon, at 11, 12, and 2, because there was three email blasts, I've already gotten four responses. And today, I spoke to the first person right before this phone call that's proceeding with another $3 million of life insurance. So I'm just saying, for me, I'm sitting there going, I haven't done anything in three weeks. So it's like, I had to kind of figure out something to spawn some people. But that's just one idea we can come back, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, I got a letter from a car dealer like two days ago, and it said, hey, you might as well have your car service. We're doing oil changes, tire rotations. And it's along those same lines. We've got a captive audience of these people at their homes. And either by email or even personal phone call, those are reassuring to them at times. I've got a lot of people, a lot of great feedback. Hey, thanks for reaching out. Even though we maybe didn't even have a long conversation, they heard from you. And oh, and Dick, one thing, not to interrupt, but one thing. So my home email, so I had home emails, business emails, and my Rolodex, you know, centers of influence emails. My home emails, which I think has right now 1,300 emails on it, had a 42% open rate. Yeah. Which, which normally, you never get that. Which wow. normally you got like 15, like in the Rolodex got 22% right now, which wasn't terrible for like the other professional advisors, but nope. 41% for home emails. So what was your subject line, dude? I did do this subject line differently. That's a great question. And I've got to look at it quickly because I don't want to say it the wrong way. The subject line of this email was Appel Insurance is moving forward, looking for best options. That's it. It was like nothing about COVID-19. I mean, I had already sent one of those out, like a COVID-19 that, hey, we're up for business. We're doing all this stuff like probably a week ago. So this was about a week in between this, but it was just Appel Insurance options is Appel Insurance is moving forward looking for best options. And I thought that that might get people to click and look down at what the hell is he talking about? Similar to David, I've sent a couple of blast emails out to clients specifically with investment accounts that are concerned for obvious reasons with the market and so forth. 
And in both my phone calls and then in my emails with all my clients, I'm trying to just convey three things. One is that we're calm. The second is that we're confident. We're confident that it's going to come back. We're confident in the plan that we created. And the third is that we're empathetic, is that we understand what the clients are going through. And even one of the emails that I wrote out, I went so far as to say, I'm here. I'm right alongside you. I'm with you this whole time, holding your hand if you need me to. I've gotten very, very good responses from clients that have received the email, just a simple text message or an email back saying, thank you. It's nice that you're on top of it. Some of the emails that I've sent out I've included a white paper from one of the sub-advisors that we use or something along those lines, mostly to convey Here's what our analysts are saying. Here's the news that we're reading. I'd like to share with you the news that we're reading. It's not just everything that's on CNN or NBC or Fox News and so forth. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, I, I put together just a couple of do's and don'ts that maybe would be timely. Now is not the time to talk jargon with clients. Now is not the time to make structural changes in your investment plan. And people want to do that. It's human nature to retract from that which they think is harming you. And so it's like a hand on a hot stove. Your first response, take your hand off the stove. Investments aren't doing what they, you know, this is new territory. They fell in a very short period of time by, ironically, almost identical percentages to the Spanish flu epidemic of 1917, 1918, which I found on MarketWatch and it's a pretty neat graph. And they, they actually show the two, the two dips and the recovery, of course, from 1718. We may or may not be experiencing that now. It was interesting that at the height of the epidemic, the stock market turned around. So the death rates were highest. Stock market was looking forward, looking as it is. It's looking nine months out saying, wait a minute, we were doing really good before this. We were in the best possible shape coming in. And so will we survive it? Absolutely, we will. And we'll move on to higher and higher markets, likely, because that's what all the other issues that we've seen since the stock markets were created, it has done. Dr. Jeremy Siegel, a uh, very famous professor at the Wharton School of Finance, wrote a book years ago called Stocks for the Long Run. And in that book, Dr. Siegel describes and did a study back to 1802 to present day on investment returns. And he, for uh, inflation-adjusted investment return from 1802 to present day, 6.6%. Now, the last 50 years on the S&P 500 has been 40% higher than that, 10.6. But what we have to realize is something in statistics, and I don't recommend talking to clients about this, but it's good that we understand it, and it's called mean regression. Mm -hmm. And so statisticians will say, that if our market averages are 6.6% for 200 and some years, and we're now on a 30% dip, the numbers will naturally gravitate back toward that mean, just as they will when they're higher. And so if we have a 22% year, over time, those averages will come down to meet the mean of 6.6. What we don't do is we don't talk about beta and correlation coefficients and relative strength and even mean regression with clients during this period of time, I think the very first thing you need to do is validate their emotions. Mm -hmm. You have to say, it's scary to watch the market slide, isn't it? So they're calling with concerns. You're acknowledging that. It's got to be the first step. So we're not talking about markets. We're not talking about all these things, these wonderful relative strength and all these academic things that serve us 
well, now's not the time to drag those out. Now's not the time to make structural changes in the investment plan. Let's get out of all this and let's go to something else. Obviously, the best time to plan for war is in peacetime. And so we don't do it in the heat of the battle. We wait. And in this instance, this is a transitory problem, meaning this isn't something that a speech or a policy can change, something that's going to work itself out from a health standpoint. And so we're going to have economic issues and we're going to have human issues. We can't control the human issues. We can through social distancing is our option and that we're all exercising that. So for me, I'm being naughty. I'm in my office. How do you drill down to make sure your messaging is connecting with someone who doesn't want to hear it? Well, I think one thing is that you don't necessarily always hear from the people who are thinking that. Like even in my email, I got four responses. I mean, one of them was like, when this whole thing dials down, let's go get a cigar and a scotch. I mean, with that, you know, that's not, he's not buying more insurance. But what I wanted to say was I had a study group meeting by Zoom Sunday morning. Greg Gagney's in my group, who you guys obviously know who's going to be going through the chairs. Marcus Henderson, Scott Edelman, Jonathan Nicholas. But Greg was, and it made me think, Dick, while I was watching you do that. Like, and I don't know, do you do impromptu videos right now to your clients? Because watching you just explain that to me, like I was sitting there thinking, if you were my advisor and you just went through that, like just not professionally, just on your iPad, just like you just did. And you did like, is what Greg and what I've already done. And my next thing to my clients is going to be this sitting in front of the iPad, speaking, not sending an email and then putting it up to my YouTube and then having them send a link to that YouTube video. I think you need to do that. If you haven't done that, what you just explained with your graph and the difference with the Spanish flu to this and all that, it was so comforting listening to you. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but mm-hmm. listening to him just say that just totally casually, like if we were sitting across from you in your office, that's one of the things that Greg's been doing with his clients for over a year and a half, and he's starting to do it now with this COVID thing. Um, you know, again, not professional videos, just doing what you just did on this screen was, un- I thought, unbelievably powerful watching you explain that. I don't know if you've thought about that at all. Well, thanks. Yeah, we have done some of that. And what I do a lot when they're really nervous, this is a can of tuna fish. <laughs> Julianne, I think, has heard this one. And this is an old one, but you can do this over the phone. I think it'll reproduce on the audio well. The tuna fish is about a dollar fifty at the store. But let's suppose you went into the store and it said tuna fish $8 a can. And as a consumer, how do you respond to that price? You're probably thinking, well, let's try chicken, right? But if you went in the next week and it said tuna fish five cans for $1, now you're thinking, wow, check the date. You don't want this one because <laughs> I carry this around with me, but check the date. And so five cans for a dollar, it's on sale. And I hold up the Wall Street Journal or graph and say, folks, it's all tuna fish. Why do we feel good when it's $8 a can and we won't touch it when it's five for a dollar? And you're just reframing it. You're making the mental connection between any other consumer product and an investment in the great companies of America through the stock exchange and to participate in the earnings of those companies, because that's why we invest. And so does it make sense to buy at $8 or buy at five for a dollar? And so my clients, and I've gotten two calls from concerned clients, and I had to remind them about the tuna fish. All the other ones remembered about it. Oh, if I call him, he's gonna tell me about the tuna fish, he's gonna want me to invest more money because the market's down. I go, well, the people that follow that advice do well. 
So it's not about hitting a home run. It never is about that. It's about a series of base hits. And the baseball analogy is well-worn, but it's what we do incrementally that makes us successful, both our clients and us, that that incremental monthly investment in the 401k or the SEP or the insurance plan, that monthly contribution, 12 times a year. At the end of the year, we have 12 buy prices on an investment instead of one. So if a client came to me and said, gee, I have $400,000 that Uncle John left me, what should I do? Oh, let's put it all in the market. Well, that's great advice, but if that was February 15th and now it's April 1st, what do you tell that client? Gee, maybe we should have phased into this thing over 8, 10, 12 months. And that would have bought lots of different prices, 12 instead of one. And so it's much safer to acquire over time versus more of a roulette style where you're making a lump sum purchase all at once. I use a similar analogy to Dick, but just using the housing market. You know, if there was a housing crash, are you going to try and go out and buy another house or a rental property or something like that? And around here in my community, most people really respond to that analogy. But one thing I've done over the last couple of years is, you know, knowing that there's going to be some type of a correction or a crash or something multiple in our lifetimes. I've tried to really prepare clients for that. And in the meetings, we're not just talking about, here's all the upsides of the investment. We really spend some time saying, okay, and then when it goes down, what I'm actually going to do is I'm actually going to call you and ask you for more money. And then we all laugh and it's all good and everything else. So then as I've been talking to people over the last couple of weeks, a number of people that were like, I want to cash out. I want to be done. Talk them off the ledge. Not a single person changed their allocation, which was good. And then I said to those people, hey, remember I told you I was going to ask you for more money if the market went down? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we remember. I said, all right, you got more money? Let's put some more money in. And there's a number of clients that actually did that, that sent checks in or authorized me to pull from their bank or increase their monthly contributions, which is really, really great for them. It really positions them well. That's the end of this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, you can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify at MDRT Podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.